Amen. Hey, as you, uh, as you have your seat tonight, let me go ahead and direct you. Go ahead and grab your Bible. Go ahead and open up to Romans chapter 12. We're going to be there again tonight. Um, we're going to look at, again, we're going to look at the last half of our verse. Hey, show of hands, how many of you uh, got less than five hours of sleep last night? Less? Wow. How many of you got less than four hours of sleep? Less than three? What grade are y'all? Sixth grade boys? Yeah, I expect it out of this group. Hey, how about less than, did anybody not go to bed last night? Honestly. Anybody honestly not go to bed? Okay, good. Everybody slept? Good. Good, good, good. Who stayed up all night? Y'all are some crazy, crazy people. Y'all better, y'all better get some sleep tonight. All right, hey, here we go. Romans chapter 12. If you got your Bible, go ahead and go there. Shh, 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 shh. Romans chapter 12. All right, we're going to look at this one verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We'll kind of pick up where we were last night. Um, before I read this, let me just kind of walk us through where we went last night, just, just as a recap. All right, so a recap for us from last night is we looked at Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and then the beginning of verse 2. And here's what we learned last night, is that if we want to be true worshipers of God, then what we have to do is, first and foremost, we have to present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice. And one of the ways in which, one of the things that that means that we have to do, one of the things that it, that, that asks us to do, is then we have to stop conforming to the ways of the world. And we asked this question last night is, what is it that you are conforming to? Because everybody is struggling with something. Something is pulling at all of us tonight. And so the question that we asked last night, and I'm going to ask it again right at the beginning. What is it that you're conforming to tonight? Like, What is the struggle that as you go home, you know that, man, this thing is going to be present? And so before we even begin to look, again, we have to deal with this idea. We have to recognize what it is we're conforming to. Then we can move on to this next great part. All right, so Romans chapter 12, verse 2, here's what it says. As we looked at last night, do not conform to this world. And then we pick up, and here's the beautiful thing that we're going to talk about tonight. But be transformed. Everybody say transformed. All right, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much um, for the songs that we just sing. And Lord, as we sing and as, as, as just as I even I look around and, and, and hands are raised and eyes are closed, and Lord, we're just singing with everything we've got. God, I, I just pray that these words that we have echoed would be just so true of who we are. God, that we could honestly look at our lifetime and say, hey, there is nothing else in this world but you, Jesus. Nothing else I need. Nothing else I long for, nothing else I seek, but you alone. God, would you just be highly exalted tonight? Lord, in, in the, the, the throne of our heart, where it is, it is only fit, it is only formed for one person to sit there, and that is you, God, would we, would we give you access to that seat in every way and in every um, possible circumstance? Would we give you that tonight? God, we love you, and again, we thank you for who you are and for what you have in store for us tonight. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, show of hands, how many of you have seen uh, the movie The Transformers? Any of you all seen any of those? Or like own maybe like toys or whatnot? Yeah, pretty cool movie, right? Like really cool gadgety type transform thing. So as I read this, and every time I read something like Be Transformed, here's my immediate thought. Um, how cool would it be to be able to transform into something like some kind of crazy robot or have some kind of power like that. It'd be super cool, right? That would be like something all of us would want, to be able to transform into having some set of powers. Here's the deal. This is not at all what Paul's talking about. 
right? So when Paul talks about being transformed, it has nothing to do with our physical state. It has everything to do with actually everything that's going on inside of us. And so what he says is, hey, look, you need to be transformed. And the way that we're going to be transformed is by having a new mindset about the way in which we understand Jesus. And so here's what I want to do tonight. I want to illustrate this for us in the best way that I know how. And so I'm going to show you some images in a minute. Don't put them up yet. Hold up. All right. So, I'm going to, I'm going to, so here's the deal. This is, my, this is the best way that I could possibly show you an example of what it looks like to be transformed. And I'm going to walk you through this process. All right. So here's picture number one. Somebody tell me what that is. A sandwich. From where? Show of hands. How many of you have eaten the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Whoa, dude. Whoa. This is a, dude, this is a, stop. This is a Christian retreat, dude. Stop speaking that bad language. All right. How many of you, anybody over here, anybody eating it? No? It's pretty good. All right. I'll give you that. Okay. What's this one? Next picture. Next picture. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. All right, so here's the deal. It's a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay, so here's the deal. The last, like, all right, so here's the thing. The last several months, there's been this whole, like, thing that's gone on on social media and all these people. It's been, like, Popeye's has basically been like, hey, we can make a chicken sandwich, too, and we'll sell it on Sundays and all this kind of jibber-jabber. So then this, this thing came out where this, this image came out um, where there's, there's this little bit of, like, a, a little bit of a war between the two. You can put that one up. So this, is, so this is Popeye, so they ran out of the sandwich, and that was like the big thing that hit the media, right? So it's like, good gracious, like you sell this sandwich, you have this thing, and all of a sudden now you're sold out of it. And then this happened where they said, FYI, we don't need to eat on Sundays, and Chick-fil-A says, well, we don't run out of chicken sandwiches. All right, so it's like, hey! All right, so I don't know if this actually happened or if somebody like Photoshopped that in, but it's really awesome if it did. And then to top it all off, Chick-fil-A, which I don't actually know if they really did this. You'd have to ask the corporate guy later, but then they did this. Should have stayed in your lane, Popeyes. Want to play games? Our pleasure. And they made chicken breasts, which I don't think that actually happened. But, but here's the thing. Look, here's the deal. So this whole thing has gone on for us in our world. And here, here's, the pro, here's the thing. So as I kind of like wrestle through this debate, I'm obviously, Popeyes comes out and I'm very intrigued, Right? Like this new sandwich that potentially is going to challenge the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich that's come out. And I'm very intrigued by this, I'm very intrigued by this notion. notion. So what do I do is, is I go to Popeye's and I'm like, can I get a sandwich? And they're like, well, actually we don't have any more. So I'm really bummed. But then I bumped into a buddy of mine and he had one. I was like, hey, let me, I'll pay you $20 if you let me have half of it. And he's like, all right, deal. And so I, he, I give him 20 bucks and he gives me half of it. And then I eat it and I'm like, hey, this is a pretty good sandwich. But here's what I started thinking. Um, so I kept going back to Popeye's, and every time I kept going back, I kept having the same experience. It was just, it just, it wasn't, I kept trying to get the sandwich. It just, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. I kept going in, kept experiencing it. It just was not at all the same experience. But see, then I go to Chick-fil-A, and here's what happens when I go to Chick-fil-A, is I walk in, and I go, and I am greeted by one of the most lovely people in the entire world who greets me with a smile, and they ask how they can help me. And they look at me and they say, hey, what can I do for you? And I'm like, hey, can uh, I have a chicken sandwich meal? And could you please make sure it doesn't have any pickles on it? Because that's awful and disgusting. And can I, and, and, all right, and hey, can I have some Chick-fil-A sauce too? And they're like, absolutely, we would love to get that for you. And I'm like, well, and they're like, what would you like to drink? And I was like, well, I, like every good American would like a half sweet tea, half lemonade, please. An Arnold Palmer. 
And I'm like, yes. And so they bring it to me, and then they're like, hey, could we do anything else? I'm like, hey, could you pay my rent, wash my car? You know, like, and they're like, absolutely. It would be our pleasure to do that for you, right? And so here's the thing. I walk into Chick-fil-A, and I have this experience that's like unlike any other restaurant that I've probably ever been to in my life. And it's unbelievable. And the sandwich, the food is amazing. The service is incredible. I walk in, and they, they've set the table for me, and they pull my chair out, and they, they let me sit down. And then every single time, here's the deal. It's always their pleasure. Every time. It's their pleasure every time. It's awesome. Here's the thing. When I go to Popeye's, I do not get the same experience, right? And if anybody in here like works at Popeye's, I'm sorry, but it's just, (laughs) you got work to do, all right? Here's the thing. Popeye's is not the same experience. And as I'm thinking about this, here's what it looks like. My life has been transformed by Chick-fil-A, all right? My life has been transformed, okay? And here's why it's been transformed is because I have had And y'all get this, all right? Like, I have had an experience with Chick-fil-A that I've never had at any other place. And so even somebody that wants to come to me and say, hey, I can offer you something fairly similar to what Chick-fil-A is going to offer you, the experience of that thing is not even close to being in the same ballpark or in the same, like, world as what I'm going to get at Chick-fil-A. So when I go to Chick-fil-A and I experience this thing, this thing happens, I have this, this moment and my life is, is immediately transformed. Here's the deal. Everything else is just conforming, right? Like, if I go to Popeye's, I'm just trying to conform. I'm just conforming to this thing. I'm conforming to this thing. Here's the deal, guys. When we have an experience with Jesus, it is the most life-changing thing that's ever going to happen to you. And there are going to be so many things that are going to come across our world that are going to say, hey, look, this little thing here, it's pretty similar, and it almost has the same feeling and the same experience, but it's not at all. It's a facade, You know what the chicken sandwich is at Popeye's? It's a facade of something that's actually way better that you're going to get at Chick-fil-A. Listen, the guy, (laughs) thank you. It's not really a joke. It's actually pretty true. But here's the thing. Um, Look, tonight, our our understanding of of what God is saying is this, is if we want to be transformed, then we have to understand that there is no experience that you will ever have in your life that's going to compare to what happens when we open up ourselves, we present ourselves to God, and we allow him in to do a work. And that, transform, that like transformative work tonight is something that is so different than what you're going to experience in any other type of thing. See, transformation happens not by just trying to, like having a taste of something. It's not by that. It's, it's what happens when we open ourselves up and we say, hey, Jesus, we don't want you to just give us a little bit of something. We want you to literally come inside and absolutely flip our entire world completely upside down. John Piper says this, he says this, he says, the problem with our minds is not merely that we are finite, but that we are fallen, right? This is such a good quote, because here's the problem, is that for a lot of us, like what's happened in our mind, this is why when Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. You know why? It's because the mind is such a fallen thing for us. So when we look at our life, and we think about all that God has done, when we, when, we, when, we, when we take in and when we soak up this experience with Jesus, there's going to be these other things that are going to try to draw us away. And our mind, listen, our mind is not just human. It's fallen. We have sinful, a sinful mind. So in order for us to be transformed, what has to happen is, is that we have to change, literally absolutely change the process by which we think. 
It can't just be that we change some of the, 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 the outward things of our life. We, we don't just change some of the activity of our life. We have to literally change the way that we process and think about these things. See, look, the, the relationship with Jesus, transformation is not behavior modification. And understand this, because we live in a world right now that just says, hey, listen, if you want to change these things, then just change behaviors. Like, if you don't make good grades and you want to make better grades, well, then just start studying more. If you're not a good athlete and you want to be a better athlete, then just start practicing more. Like, everything is every, the remedy to every problem in the world. We act like it's just behavior modification. It's not. When it comes to our spiritual, our walk with Jesus, it's not behavior modification. What it is is it says, hey, listen, I need to literally change completely the way that I process in my mind, the way that I think about who God is and what Jesus has done for me. So this is why last night what we try to do is we want to paint this picture of Jesus. Like we want you to have this understanding that, hey, like when I think about everything else in the world compared to God, like there's nothing that even, it even compares. So I'm not just going to read my Bible. I'm not just going to do that. I'm not just going to go to, go to trips. I'm not just going to pray because that's the right thing. No, I want to think differently about who God is and who I am because of God. This is how our minds become transformed. Transformation says that we are prepared for whatever the will of God is, all right? So here's, here's the way that our minds become transformed. Um, we have to believe this, is that, that and, and you're told this, and, and listen, I'm not gonna be the first person to ever tell you some of these things tonight. I'm just gonna reiterate probably things that you've heard from Troy and you've heard from other speakers, you've heard from your leaders, but here's the thing. Um, the way that we transform our mind, like one of the ways in which this happens is this, is that we think about like who we are, what God has done for us, okay? So it looks a little bit like this. I know that God has a plan for my life. I understand that. I know that God has a will for my life. He has a purpose for my life. But when I think about what Jesus has actually done for me, right, it, it's not just about like, hey, God wants to set me on this course, but it's actually like he's actually changed everything about the world in order that I may experience him in the fullness of who he is. And when I understand that, when I have this recall and I have this thing, this is why in the Old Testament, a lot of times when, when, when different Old Testament like leaders are talking, they say, hey, we want you to remember the things that God has done. And the reason why this happens is this, is that when we say things like, hey, remember, it's this idea of like our mind goes back to these, these places where God has done these amazing things for us. Do you know why retreats like this are so good? Is because they act as places where when we go back, we can say, hey, do you remember what God did at Fuel? Like, hey, remember the things that God has done. Remember the process by which he walked you through that area of your life. When you were walking through hurt and he showed up for you. When you were walking through pain and he showed up. When you had that sin issue and man, you just like, like he helped conquer that in your life. So we say things like, hey, remember because of all these great things that God um, has done. All right, listen, God wants more than just actions. He wants our hearts. There's this verse, there's this, uh, this prophet named Joel in the Old Testament. He says this verse in Joel chapter two, verse 13. And here's what it says. It says, hey, rend to me your hearts and not your garments, right? Listen, God doesn't want just, just meaningless sacrifices, God doesn't want just things that we just say, hey, hey, God, like you can have like my, my hands raised in worship and I'll bow on my knees and I'll pray and I'll read my Bible, but I'm not going to give you my heart and I'm not going to surrender my life. But since I know the things that I'm supposed to do, I'll do all of the right things. I'll do all the things I'm supposed to do, but I'm not going to actually fully give you my heart. And what Joel is saying is, is this is God speaking. And he says, look, I don't really I don't want your things. I don't want your garments. I don't want your clothes. I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want all the actions. I want your heart. 
Because the heart is what I can do something with. And transformed, when we're transformed, what we say is this, is, hey, God, I don't want to give you my actions. I want to give you my heart. And everything that flows out of me then is going to be something that is, is going to resemble a life that's been completely changed and completely flipped upside down because of the work of what Jesus has done in our life. Listen, God wants everything from us. He wants all of it. And so when we think about what this is and, and we look at who this is, here's what it is. is Renewal of our mind is more than just external fixing. It's internal renovation. Right? It's not external fixing. It's internal renovation. External fixing, it looks really good. It's putting paint on, on top of molded walls. That's what external renovation is or external fixing. It's just we just paint over. We just put a facade over everything. Like we're struggling big time. We just go to church and we just act like everything's right. We don't deal with any issues. We just show up with our friends and yeah, we just put on this face. And we say, hey, it's all good. Hey, I can do all the motions. I can sing all the Christian songs. I know the Bible. I know what all the things are. I know all the stories of God. We just put on this fixing. But we don't allow God in to do any like kind of deep, authentic, real, transformative work in our life. What transformation says is this, is like, is Jesus saying, look, I don't want to just come and just paint over these things. I want you to open up your doors of your house, let me come in there, and I'm going to bust some walls down, and I'm going to rebuild you into the man and the woman that I want you to be. That's what transformation is. And so for us tonight, we have to get to this point where not only do we understand what transformation is, but then we begin living lives that look like, hey, this is the mark of somebody who has been completely and fully transformed. And so how do we do that? The only way that our minds can be transformed is if we first, as we dealt with last night, we have honestly, obediently presented ourselves to Jesus. And again, I would say this, is that a lot of you, like, you're here tonight and we've sung some songs, but you're just like, your heart just isn't in it. I mean, you're just like, you're just not there. You're distracted. You're not in a place where you really like care about the spiritual side of, of maybe like the fullness of the spiritual side of a trip like this. You know the things to do and to say. And so maybe for this entire weekend and maybe for a lot of your life, you just like put on the front. Hey, I'm good. I've got everything in order. I've got everything together. But that's not the sign of a transformed life. What a transformed life is, is it says, hey, Jesus, you have everything of mine. I'm opening myself up to give you everything. And so here's what I wanna do is I wanna give you four ways that can help us sustain mind renewal, right? These are four practical things that as you leave and as you go home and you begin this journey, right, then we begin this. And so again, I'm gonna say this and I've, I've repeated this and I, I, I could say this a hundred times if I was with you. Renewal cannot happen, right? Like transformation cannot happen. This renewal of our mind, none of these things can happen unless first we have presented ourselves to Jesus and then also is that we have removed ourselves from conforming to the ways of the world. And so here are the four things that we do is if those things are happening, you're like, all right, I'm ready. Like I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm like, I feel like, man, God's just transforming me every day. Just like, how do I, how do I stay the course? All right, number one is this, is you gotta be a student of God's word. It's study. And this is not like, like this is like what we're doing right now. This is not Bible. This is not like study. This is biblical teaching. This is not study. What study is, is it's like, hey, when I get up in the mornings, I'm gonna open my Bible on my own and I'm gonna begin praying over the words of scripture. And I'm gonna let the words and the stories of Jesus just pour over my life every single day. And maybe you're at a point tonight where you're not transformed, but like by doing this activity, it's gonna open yourself up to the things of Jesus. And then that's gonna allow you to begin this process of being like, man, God, I'm reading things that you're doing in scripture. And I just like, I want all of it. Man, just open me up. Like I'm done conforming because I'm reading this story about this crazy stuff that you're doing. And I just want all that you have to offer me. 
And so for some of us, like, we, we're in a place where we're ready, but we just don't know what to do. And so the first thing, we, man, we got we to gotta study. We have to be like scholars of God's word. Man, we got to open ourselves up and begin reading these things. All right? The second thing is this, is you got to pray. Like, we have to have a prayer life. Do you know what prayer is? Prayer is just, it's just this open network that we have to God, that we can bow our knees every single day in prayer. We can confess our, our sins to him. We can offer up, you know, things, hey, God, this is what I see. We can offer up prayers of thankful, thankfulness. We can just say, hey, God, man, thank you so much. Like, man, it's so beautiful to be here. Lord, thank you for your creation. Thank you that I get to witness it. Thank you for the friendships in my life. Thank you for my family. We can have thankful hearts. We do that through prayer. But we have to have this consistent, and it's, and it's more than just us, like, sitting down and just being like, God, our Father, God, our Father. No, that's not it, all right? It's got to be deeper than that. Okay, it can't just be like these repetitive little things. It's got to be these heart-wrenching. Man, the whole book of Psalms, is it's, it's, a lot of it is just, the, it's, it's David just in these places where he's going to the Lord and he is just wrenching his heart before God saying, God, please come and rescue me. God, thank you for who you are. God, you're so majestic. You're so mighty. We have to be people that are willing to do this. And so we, we, we have to be better. We got to open up this deeper prayer life. All right, the third one, and this is a hard one, is fasting. All right, fasting. And so fasting is kind of this interesting concept because for a lot of us in the room, it's like, hey, I've heard of fasting, but I don't really know what fasting is. And so what do I do when I fast? And, and here's what it is. Fasting is, is, is just, it's just removal of things that are blocking our relationship with Jesus. And it's not just removal. It's removing things in our life that are taking away time that I would have with the Lord. And then it's adding in practices that will allow us to connect with God. And so a lot of times this is done, like we, people talk about these as, like, as fasting in, in food areas, okay? And so maybe for you, that's what it is, is you say, hey, like every Thursday for lunch, I'm just not going to eat, and I'm going to, instead of going in lunchroom, I'm going to find a spot in my school, and I'm just going to step aside, and I'm going to read my Bible during lunch. I'm going to do that just one day a week. I'm going to do it every single week for an entire year. It'd be a pretty cool idea. For others of you, and I'm going to, maybe this group over here, right here, is like, maybe we need to fast like things like Fortnite, or like, you know, things like that. Maybe we have these things that they just take up so much. We need to take up so much of our time. All right, listen, sometimes like, sometimes maybe it's just things in our life. It's not just, it's not food, but there's things in our life that we spend so much time doing. And those things are not necessarily bad things, but they're just keeping us from experiencing Jesus. And if we want to live a life that's been transformed, that we have to create time for him. And so one of the ways we do is we just, we say, hey, God, like your presence in my life, my time with you is more important. So I'm going to spend this season of my life fasting. I'm going to pull myself away from these things so that I can have more opportunity to experience you. All right. And then the fourth one is this, is you got to sing. All right. Hey, listen, do you know it's a, it is a biblical mandate. It's like a commandment for us to be singers with our, with our mouths. And y'all are such, like, y'all are so good at this. It's so fun. I love being here. Last year, I experienced this with y'all, and it's been the same this year. It's just, man, y'all sing so loud. Like, y'all just, y'all know how to, you just worship so well, and, and you proclaim with your mouth. But here's the thing. Like, this can't only happen on retreats like this. It can't just be like, hey, I go, on, I go to Fuel, or I go to a Sunday night youth, or whatever it may be, or Wednesday night youth, and I just, like, I sing from the top of my lungs. But then when I leave, like, I don't do anything else. Like some of your music that you listen to, and I'm just going to, I'm going to show me real with you because I know this because I've got students at, back in South Carolina that are the same way. Like y'all listen to some trash music. I guarantee you. I know you do. All right. So don't, don't be like, not me. I'm like, yes, you do. I know you do. Y'all listen to some trash music. So here's the deal. And you know what that is? You know what that's doing? 
All right, real quick, just listen. This is, this is serious. Do you know what happens when you listen to trash music? You are, you are being tempted more and more to conform back to the principles of the world. Because I can promise you this, is those of you that listen to garbage music, and when I say that, you're like, yeah, I do. Like, the thing is, is that what's being communicated to you is not truth. You're being told lies. You're being told, like, hey, this is the way that life is, and no, it's not. And so some of you, it's like, yeah, well, I don't do really bad things, but I listen to garbage music. Okay, well, that's got to be removed. Listen, we've got to be proclaimers, and that's not just like singers of just in general. Listen, we've got to be proclaimers and singers of the gods, of the glory of God, like exalters of the presence of God that we're driving around in our car and we're by ourselves, and like we're just absolutely just getting after it because, man, it's just like the greatest thing to be found in the presence of God and to be worshiping. All right, listen, I had a friend of mine when I was a junior in high school, Junior high school, he was a senior, and we had, this, um, we had this concert that was going on in town. So Hillsong United, which I know y'all, a lot of y'all know Hillsong. They were coming in town. They had come. I was living in Birmingham, Alabama at the time, and they came down, and, um, and they did a concert at a college in Birmingham. And so I remember, like, a bunch of us, I mean, I'm a junior, he's a senior, and a bunch of us are getting together, and we're going to this concert. And on our way to the concert, a bunch of us rode together, and my, one of my buddies, we'll call his name Mike, um, my buddy Mike, he drove by himself because he had to do some stuff earlier. And so as we're driving down, um, driving to the concert, we get on this little highway and we look over and there's, cop, like, there's blue lights everywhere on the side of the road. And we look over and we see Mike is pulled over. Now Mike's like, you understand, like, Mike's like one of the greatest dudes that I've ever met in my life. Like loves Jesus more than about any person that I've ever come across in my entire life. And so what happens is we look over and we're like, dude, what is Mike doing over there? And Mike's also like one of the most passionate people. Like you would meet Mike and He's like, hey, guys, how we doing? You know, he's just one of those guys that you just like, man, you're like, God, this guy's kind of fun. And he makes me feel, he just makes me feel good just being around him. Well, so we drive past Mike and Mike, we look over at Mike and, and he's like, hey, guy, or we're like, hey, Mike. And he's like, hey, guys. And like cops are with him and talking to him. We're like, this is crazy. Like, this is just a, a crazy scene. So we get to the concert. We go to the concert. And later we're like, hey, Mike, what happened? And he said, guys, listen, man, I was just sitting in my car and like this song came on that I loved. And we're in standstill traffic, and so, you know, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, I'm just getting after it. I'm just singing, and I'm closing my eyes, and all of a sudden, you know, like, we're standing still. We're in standstill traffic. We're not moving, but I just start raising my hands, and I'm just doing, and all of a sudden, I realize, like, I don't have any feet on the pedals. And so he just rolled into the back of a car that was right in front of him, got a fender bender. Because why? Because he was literally in his car just absolutely getting after it in worship. All right, here's the funny thing about Mike. That was not the only time in high school that that happened to Mike. Three times he did that. Three and he still kept his driver's license, all right? Kind of an impressive thing. Listen, here's the deal. Do you know what that tells? You know what that shows? You, and, and can I tell you this? Do you, know what, do you know what I know about Mike? Mike's life has been completely transformed by Jesus. Mike is a person that you would meet him, and within five minutes, you would look at him, and you would say, that dude is, has something different about him. That dude is completely transformed because God has done something in his life that has given him a joy and a passion for people and a passion for himself that I've never seen in somebody before. And one of the things is that Mike did is that every one of these things were true of Mike's life. Man, he was a student of God's word. He prayed all the time. He'd be sitting in the, in the we had this, this hallway in our school. We called it the mall. It was kind of where everybody congregated. He'd just be sitting in the corner sometimes, and he'd just be bobbing, and his eyes were closed. And people were like, dude, who's the weirdo in the corner praying? And we're like, that's Mike, man. That's what he does. Mike would fast at school, and instead of that, he'd go to the library, and he'd find a little corner, and he'd just read his Bible. And Mike sang like crazy all the time. And Mike's one of the greatest people to this day that I know. And he, you know what the coolest thing about Mike is? This is kind of a crazy story about Mike, but do you know what happened to Mike less than a year ago? Mike's married. He's got three kids. And, and about six months ago, Mike lost his wife. He's like 34 years old, lost his wife to cancer. He's the dad of three kids. Mom's gone. 
And Mike, to this day, continues to do these things. He continues to study. He continues to pray. He continues to fast. And he continues to sing despite all of the bad things that have happened in his life. Do you know why people do that? Because they have been completely transformed by the presence of Jesus in their life. Look, if we want to be transformed, we have to understand this, that no matter what I experience in this world, no experience in this life can do anything to rob me of the transforming power of Jesus. So you may walk through and you may be currently in one of the worst and roughest seasons that you've ever had in your life. You may have circumstances that, man, if, you told, if you're like Caleb, if you understood the circumstances of my life, you would, you would give me a pass to be able to pout and complain and conform to the world. What I want to tell you is this, man, no, I, I wouldn't. You know why? Because as hard as life is, do you know what Jesus did for you? And he did it singing and rejoicing? Man, he went to the cross. Like he went to the cross for us. He took nails in the wrists and in his feet. He put on a crown that was made of thorns and got squished into his head. And he sat up there for hours and just fought and fought and fought. And he did it rejoicing. And he did it because he loved us. Listen, there's no experience that you're going to walk through that should ever change the fact that a transformed life looks like this. You should never stop singing. You should never stop studying. You should never stop praying and fasting. And you should never stop rejoicing because of the work that Jesus has done in your life. Do you know how we get there? It's really hard. It's really tough. Getting to a point like this, it's not an overnight thing. This isn't a thing where we say, hey, okay, I'm going to start doing those four things, and if I do those four things for a month, my life is going to look like that. No, you know what this is? This is a lifetime decision. And I'm going to say this. There's going to be seasons in your life that if you decide, hey, tonight, I want to be transformed. I want to follow in this place. I want my life to look like this. It's going to be, there's going to be seasons in your life that you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But can I tell you this, that the reward for that is one of the greatest, most unbelievable things ever. Listen, I'm happily married. I love, my, my wife is one of the most, ama- is the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. Unbelievable. Can I tell you this? Like, if you were to meet us and, and you were to be around us a little bit, like, you would, you would probably see us and be like, yeah, man, like, y'all, are, y'all like have fun. And we laugh and we cut up and we, you know, mess with each other and we prank each other and we do all that fun stuff that, you know, that couples that look like they have fun do. And so we, we do all that stuff. I mean, we have a great time. But can I tell you this? It's like, it's not always easy for us. Like, it's work. And there are times where I'm like, geez Louise, man, this is harder than people told me it was going to be when I got married. But it's the greatest thing. If you were like, hey, would you, would you change it? Absolutely not. There is nothing in this world that you could do. There is no person you could walk into this place tonight and be like, hey, if you had the opportunity, I'd be like, no. There's no one else in the world. There's nothing else that's more joyful and more powerful than that moment. And when we're transformed in our, in our understanding of Jesus, it's the same thing in, in that relationship. Nothing should be able to pull us away from the power of what it looks like. I read a story this past week about this guy. Um, he's this French entertainer. His name is Michael Latito. All right, Michael, this guy, I know it's kind of a weird name. It's a French name, so just excuse it. Um, here's what he did. He, he was this weird guy. And uh, he actually went from a young age, like when he was a kid, he started eating metal, all right? Like eating, he would eat metal, like metal, eat it. So he would just, I don't, he just, he would start chewing on it and he would, you know, do all the stuff and he would crush it down and he had like strong teeth and so he would start eating metal. And so there's this story about him that, that he actually, he, get, he got to this idea where he was like, hey, I want to eat an airplane, right? And so he went through this process where he would take the parts of the airplane and he'd break it down and he'd chop it down into smaller bits and then he would just like eat and digest these like small little parts of this airplane. Like there's stories on it, you can go online and look at it, it's really crazy. But here's the deal. 
I'll tell you after. But here's the deal. So here's the thing. Um, so as he began doing this, do you, know, do you know how he did it? Do you know how, like, you know how this happens? Do you know how a person, I don't know how you physically digest in an airplane, but do you know how this happens? Um, is that one night he sat down, he ate the entire plane. Do you actually believe that? No. Do you know how it happened? Do you know how long it took him to do this? Two years. Two. Two whole years. Well, I don't know if that's all he ate, but he ate it a lot. Listen, here's the thing. Do you know what, do you know what the life of Christ, do you know what transformation looks like? It, it's time. It's years of waking up and saying, hey, God, I want this. Hey, God, I'm going to study. Hey, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to sing your praises. Hey, God, I'm going to do this time and time and time and time again. It's not a, hey, at fuel on Saturday night, I'm going to digest this whole thing, and I'm going to walk out of here completely transformed. I'm never going to have to do another thing the rest of my life. No, it is a yearly digestion of what God is trying to teach us and saturate in our soul. It's years upon years upon years. But it's a season for us to rejoice because of who God is and what God's done for us. So here's what I want to do tonight. Um, we're going we're gonna to pray here in a minute, and we're going to close, and the band's going to come back. And here's the thing. This isn't going to be one of these really emotional nights because here's why. Last night, we did all of that. Last night, we said, hey, I'm done conforming. I'm walking away from the world. I'm walking away from sin. I'm running after Jesus. I'm giving myself to him. And so tonight, we're saying, hey, look, we're being transformed. If we've done that, then we're in the process of being transformed. We're not conforming any longer. We're not doing this. Man, we are running fully and completely after Jesus. And so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to celebrate at the end of this night. We're gonna, we're gonna close in prayer and we're gonna celebrate by singing. And what we're gonna say is this, hey God, we are praising your name. We are singing and lifting your name high because you are in the process of making us new and we get to experience that every single day and there's nothing in the world that's more joyful than to experience you in your presence and to see your transforming power happen in our life. Before we do that, let me just say one thing because I need to make sure we understand this. Um, hey, nonconformity and this may be one of the more important things that you hear all week, all right, is this. Nonconformity, all right, is not simply not doing the wrong things. It's not what it is. Nonconformity is, is not just saying, hey, I'm not going to run after the world. It can't, that, that can't only be it. So here's the deal, is it, 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 because what that does is that doesn't leave us anywhere. It just says, hey, I'm, just, I'm surrendering these things, but then I'm not going to add anything else. Transformation is not just nonconformity. Transformation is saying, not only will I not conform, but now I will fully pursue the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so that's what we're going to do tonight, is we're going to say, hey, God, we are, we're not conforming any longer, and man, we are fully running after what you have for us. And we're going to rejoice because of what God's doing in our life. So here's what I want to do, is I want to give you just a moment in silence, just to, just to bow your heads, even now. The band's going to come, and they're going to get ready to lead us. But I want you right now, this is, this is just a, a, maybe another moment for you is just to go ahead, and we'll just have every head bowed all across the room, every head, eyes closed. Hey, this is a moment for you. This is an opportunity. Maybe last night you didn't do this. Maybe last night it was like, yeah, I have things in my life, but I'm just not willing to give those back. To, I'm not willing to give those up to Jesus tonight. And so before the band comes and leads us and we celebrate, maybe right now you just need to say, hey, God, there, here's this thing. Here's this thing that I've been holding on to. Here's this thing that I've, been, I've had my grips on for so long. And though it might take me forever, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to start taking a bite out of this thing that you're doing in my life. And it's big and it's huge and this transforming work is going to take me a while, but I'm ready. 
And so tonight, maybe if that's you and you didn't do that last night, this is your moment. But if you're at a place tonight where you're like, you know what, God, I'm done with your transformation. I did this last night and I am ready to walk into this new thing. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to pray that God would give you strength. Because I know this, is that teenagers, man, your life is so difficult and what you're being thrown at every single day is super hard. And so what I want you to pray for is, hey, God, give me the strength that when it gets the toughest and it gets the hardest, that I'm willing to continue to say no to the things that the world is throwing at me. That I'll have the strength to continue to run after you even when it's really hard. That I'll have the strength to continue to eat this airplane even when it's really, really hard. To digest this thing, to just continue to work at it and gnaw at it time and time again. Even when it feels like, man, this thing is overbearing. It's huge. That I'll continue to do it. So I'm just going to give you a few minutes. This is your time, just in silence, and then the band's going to come and they'll lead us. And we're going to end as a celebration.